I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time in the Thank you for downloading the podcast, The Anos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Yanos. I am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined by, for the first time in quite a while, uh, just Eric Wayne. Eric, just, yeah. just you and I tonight, taking a break from some of the guests, just time, time to work on us. Yeah, you know, strengthen our relationship. That's it's key. You you know, you need us time. Us time. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you saw this story, uh, but apparently on, on Wednesday night this week, a guy in Wachula, Florida, which I don't know where that's at. Let's say South Florida feels feels right. Um, was arrested after he allegedly broke into a woman's home, started making fried chicken and drank her vodka. Oh, um, the homeowner and then the sister returned while he was still there. And th- these are the quotes from the from the story. Uh, and I quote, he, this is from the sister. He was in here drunk as a skunk, just being Betty Crocker. Um, and also, <laughs> apparently the sister and her friends end up eating the chicken and said it wasn't half bad. And <laughs> the, the guy had told them that it was well seasoned. Well, there you go. So, um so what is that breaking and enter breaking and cookering breaking and cooking i, w- I would assume i guess so. the uh, go ahead are you familiar with the whole florida man meme the florida man idea like florida is the home for all these weird things and weird people i'm familiar the, with that concept not necessarily the meme though or or the there's like a Twitter account that's Florida man and there's always Florida man stories and it's a joke that it's just like the most ridiculous superhero cuz he just does you know random things. Uh I, yeah, that's I, that very much feels like something this Florida man would do. Uh yeah. my my question for you is there an activity that you walk in your house and a stranger is doing that you don't immediately uh get them out? You just let them finish? If they were mowing my well inside my house, sure. yeah. If they were washing my windows, there we go. Yeah, great. Yeah, finish those up. That would be terrific. Also, if there was anybody inside my home with a polo shirt and a lanyard on, 
I'd, I'd expect they, they deserve to be there. I'm like, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. You can get away with anything with a with a, a clipboard and a lanyard. Yeah. I think if, if, I, if I walk in and somebody's doing my dishes, I'm letting them do their thing. I'm not even here. Maybe I just leave again. Come home and hopefully I have a strainer full of clean dishes. Although I would question how clean they actually were. I've, I have very high standards. You You seem like the pre-wash then dishwasher guy oh we don't we don't use the dishwasher all by hand it's it's as fun as you'd imagine are you amish no we just we just don't have (laughs) a very good dishwasher um so anyway brings us this week's leadoff question which tiger or tiger related personality would you most like to see the inside of their home all right I, i think the correct answer here and there is a right answer has to be Justin Verlander's house because he has the most money, maybe if not the most money next to Cabrera, I would say he has the most luxurious tastes. Probably true. What do you think? I thought thought there was a right answer, but I didn't think it was Verlander. I want to see the inside of the van. I want to see inside Daniel Norris's van. Oh, gosh. That would be an experience. Tell me it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a long tour. No, no, it wouldn't. But but we would be so engrossed in deep and meaningful conversation that it would probably be yeah. the end of the day at least. I mean, what do you, what do you think it would smell like? I don't even know. The sea, probably. <laughs> Nature. Like Kramer's uh, the beach cologne, definitely. Um, yeah. Also, I think I think Buck Farmer's house. There's got to just be <laughs> taxidermy everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which. That's that's a thing. People do that. That's like my childhood house. I got I got to tell you, I grew up amongst the taxidermy what's as the, a child. What's the most uh, obscure or uh, exotic animal that was in that house? Uh, right as I walked out of my bedroom growing up, there was a mountain goat. That is. Uh, did you like rub its head for good luck everywhere you went? Yeah, yeah, I carried it in a backpack and rubbed. What kind of question is that? No. Like, like when you you touch the the Notre Dame sign, play yeah. like a champion today. You know what I'm talking about. Don't give me uh, that nonsense. That guff. <laughs> I don't know if taxidermy is for that purpose, but I'll give it a try next time I see my folks. Yeah, I mean, who knows what kind of luck it could bring you and the show, and probably the Tigers too. Yeah, wouldn't Un- hurt. Unknown. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Eric, you do, and several of, of oh, the listeners okay. do. Um, you probably know this by now because I've pretty much talked about it nonstop. But at the height of the Romine mania, the, the Romania, as one might say, last week, you and I, we were babbling on Twitter, and we kind of inspired an Andrew Romine T-shirt uh, from the Breaking Tea shirt company. They're a T-shirt that essentially, I think their tagline is wear the moment. So like every every little kind of event that happens, they'll put out a T-shirt for it. It's really cool. Um, so after the Grand Slam, I tweeted, because Johnny, Johnny Kane always refers to Romine as Bromine. And as many of you know, I like Johnny Kane. Um, he, so I tweeted to Breaking Tea that I needed a Bromine shirt. Because, you know, that's what I do. And then you're like, no, we should. it should be a Holy Romine Empire shirt. Because we talked about that, what, a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, yeah. And lo and behold, they actually responded to our, our nonsense, nonsensory. Um, they said to do a poll and they'll make the winner. Uh, we had almost 1,000 votes and the Holy Romine Empire won. <laughs> Obviously, we're pretty close to the situation. But the shirt is pretty awesome. It's like a. a Have you seen it? Yeah. You haven't seen it? 
No. Oh, it's for sale. Well, I'll get to this, but it's for sale on their website. It's like a Roman helmet, um, and it says the Romine Empire. It's got like his number 17 on it. And then in the little description, it says something to the effect of he rules over an empire shaped like a mitten, which I thought was kind of funny. Um <laughs> I gotta find it now. Oh, you're killing me. Here, I'll. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you would. It was. It's on my oh. fire Instagram account. I'll, I'll get to it um, right as soon as possible. Uh, but it's the same company that made the Dan the Van Man shirts, uh, and there was a Fulmer design last year. The fabric is really nice. Legitimately, one of my favorite shirts. Um, so if you are listening and you like Romine, if you like T-shirts, get yourself over there, grab one. Um, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. I looked up the website. Oh, just breaking breaking T, just the letter, no T E, just breaking T the letter dot com, um, and it's the first design up on the homepage. It's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm pumped about it. Um, I feel a little bit of ownership over this just for bringing the ideas to their attention. Who would have known us? I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty solid. It's pretty sweet. No, yeah. Uh, let's see. On the Twitter, I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On the Instagram, where you can find the design of this shirt and many other uh, fire pictures, I am at Jordino four J O R D I N H O four. Facebook dot com backslash Podcastianos. Though that's in a little bit of transition. Maybe maybe don't go there. I haven't been what you'd call posting on that in quite some time. So maybe we shut that one down. Um, and we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Just a little bit of your time can go a long way for the show. That would be really, really nice of you. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Janos. So, Eric, I learned something this week, something new. Apparently, you just learned one thing? Shouldn't you shoot a little higher? No, I think if you learn one thing a week, you're, you're doing okay. Anything beyond that, huh. you're probably a nerd and maybe an overachiever. <laughs> Okay. All right. So apparently, it is possible for the Tigers to beat the Cleveland Indians. That's a new concept. Are you familiar with that one? <sighs> wow. It just thank goodness for new seasons, right? Yeah, no kidding. It was what July before we beat them last year. June, July. Uh, we didn't get our second win against them until September 18th. Oh, that's late in the year. Uh, we didn't win a series in Cleveland last year, and the last time we won a series in Cleveland was June twenty third, two thousand fifteen. We were due. We I... were due. <laughs> we definitely were due. Um, so we took two of three. We can get into the specifics here in a second. Uh, in Cleveland, what does that really mean? Um, I put down two thoughts. You have monkey totally off our back on one hand, and just two out of three wins on the other hand. Where where do, where does this fall? Um, I would probably put it closer to the just another series than I would the monkey extraction side of the spectrum. Um, just because there are there's turnover on the team, new guys. It's a new season. Uh, you don't need to relive the pain of the past year, so. These guys are pros. They play all the time. Uh, but it's not nothing. 
to use your favorite double negative. It's not nothing. Uh, I think they got to feel relieved. And you could see from some of the quotes from Osmus, he was relieved. Like, hey, if we just keep winning series, this is great. And, um, you know, there were some controversy questions and struggles in that series. But Brad was eager to say, hey, uh, winning is winning. Yeah, I think this is going to sound stupid, but getting the two wins is nice. But having not lost to them three times in a row like we did so many times and letting that start to build again, I right. I mean, obviously, in baseball, you can't, you know, not win and not lose. There's there's no ties. But I, I feel like not letting that cycle restart is maybe more important than even taking the two wins because, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to play them, what, point. 18, 19, I don't know, 20 times <laughs> this year. We can't afford yes. to have another massive bugaboo like that. Yeah, it's getting the bad taste out of your mouth. Uh, Right. Obviously, they count in the win column, but just being able to know that we're not going to have to deal with a lot of these questions and garbage again is got to be refreshing. Yeah, because people will will ask questions that that's that's what they do, especially. Um, uh, So let's get to we'll get to the starting pitching in a second, because that was was good. Minus minus Verlander. but what were the big contributing factors for you? I have I have one big one, but I want to hear what you thought were were kind of the the tipping points for us in this one series. Yeah, well, I'm trying to replay the games in my mind. Uh, we had a couple good starts, right? Um, that to me is the the first thing. Uh, it was Norris and Boyd giving us the two good starts. Yeah, Do I have that Fr- right? Friday and Sunday. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that is key, getting you off on the right foot. Um, and it, what was it? Boyd had a no-hitter going for a few innings. Was that the – am I thinking that was of that start? previous start against the Twins. Oh. But that was yeah. still this week. Yeah. I'm. It, uh, they start to meld into each other. But Boyd, <laughs> yeah. Boyd, good, good starting pitching, some consistent, uh, timely hitting, and, of course, Avila, right? Yes, that was that was the one that I had written down. He rides back into town on his on his, you know, white chariot. He's leading the way, <laughs> you know, the chariot's got hair on it, you know, <laughs> sprouting a five o'clock shadow yeah. every day. Yeah, for sure. Two homers off two tough righties and we win both games. You know, people make a big deal about leadership experience. You know, he's been in the division since, you know, the second Bush administration. Um, him returning to us and us immediately kind of getting this this hoodoo gone. Big deal, medium deal, small deal? A medium deal. Medium deal. Um, I, Avila, he's been strong this year. You know, it's funny when a guy becomes a three true outcome player and not a two true outcome player. He does not swing the bat a ton. He walks a ton and he strikes out a lot. If he can mix in that power, which he has, he's great. Let Avila be who he is. Don't try to make him swing more. Don't try to think of him as something he's not, but he's got to mix in some power, some gap power, some home runs. And, then he represents um, not only kind of a backup catcher, but a platoon catcher or somebody who's really contributing. Not to not to pour cold water on this immediately, but do you see an actual step forward at this point, or is this maybe just a little bit of a flash in the pan? Because he's he's got to be what thirty one, thirty two at this point. Just like we talked with Romine, 
guys who are kind of meh don't often add in an extra element of their of their game like that this late in the career i mean i want to believe it but yeah don't don't hear me wrong i don't think this is an epiphany for alex avila he's not he's not going to change a lot i'm just saying that one aspect of his game power has to be there in order for him to be taken pretty seriously because he's he's taking so many pitches take 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 um yeah, he's got to he's got to show some power because he's not hitting for average. At this point, he's got to be the starter against most tough righties, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like we love McCann maybe a little bit more than the the consensus amongst Tigers fan base. But I mean, especially right now, as hot as he's been, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him up there. McCann, speaking of McCann, up there against the the tippy top right handers like you know, say Corey right. Kluber when Avila's been doing this. Right. And what did we say at the beginning of the year? We thought I thought maybe two thirds, one third. Uh, it's not going to be a platoon split. Uh, it's not going to be an even split, but maybe Avila, a if he shows he's he's performing really like this, maybe give him a few more starts. Yeah, that would be at this point. That would be prudent, I would say. Um, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal with Verlander against Cleveland? Um, you know, there's obviously been the tipping of pitches uh, talk uh is it is it, it he seems like too smart of a guy for this to be some sort of mental hoodoo what do you what do you think's going on there well when we talk tipping pitches or uh, the, to my understanding correct me if they're wrong i mean there's two separate categories of what could be going on there's flat out sign stealing which is a player on second or a, a camera in the outfield or binoculars or some kind of shenanigans where they're looking in at the catcher and somehow relaying signs. Right. Mm-hmm. Th- that's one option. The second is more tipping pitches. Uh, you know, you're, you're shaking your glove three times when you're going to deliver a fastball, but you're only giving it one or two shakes when it's a curveball, something like that, right? Or in, um, or in a way that the catcher is setting up based, you know, we'll we'll give him an indication that it's going okay. to be one pitch or, or another. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more of something that we're giving them as right. opposed to them trying to take from us. Right. It's just astute observation. It's not an active espionage type situation i believe the second scenario is probably uh more it's it's certainly more likely than the first scenario i don't think you know uh uh, you know binoculars and the whole chris sale thing and all that shenanigans i I don't think that goes on so much and maybe maybe i'm naive maybe it goes on a lot but i think people with all the video that they have now and all these assistants breaking stuff down and watching pictures um you know it used to be a thing where you'd have that deeper grip for um you know like a like a fork ball or uh so you know the hitters are watching this if they get the deep reach in their glove uh you know then you can expect some off-speed stuff well then pitchers adapt okay they start by gripping deep everything that you know uh, and then if they're going to throw a fastball they loosen their grip uh, there's a couple of pitchers i believe that that do that and that's just savvy you got to think through that and you got to do your own self scouting um but i don't know maybe there's maybe it's just some head games and that's what terry francona kind of hinted at is hey yeah if they want to think uh we're doing some shenanigans it doesn't hurt us 
Yeah. I don't know. What's your take on the whole business? See, I think that it's I think it's something that that Verlander's giving away. Um, you know, and obviously I didn't look closely enough to to figure out what it was. But they had so much success against him last year. They've had success against him in in this first start. Um, you know, and it, the thing is, is when when he's tipping pitches or the catcher is tipping away locations or whatever, there's so many little things that can just give them a little bit of an edge that it doesn't have to be like, okay, I know for sure that they're getting, you know, it's going to be a fastball on the inside inner third. It can be I'm now looking for off speed away. You know what I mean? Like it it can be very uh, general. And, you know, once you get to the top level, even just a slight advantage, like the, the margins are so fine. And I think somebody somewhere in that organization has figured something out. You relay that to the first base coach and all of a sudden um, I actually didn't have my notes to talk about this. But if it is a, you know, a guy in a fake mustache in center field with binoculars, do you have a problem with that? I mean, obviously it would it would catch you a, a ball in the ribs. But as a as a fan, do you have an issue with that? Yeah, I, that kind of espionage kind of stuff where you're if you're using a camera or you're using somebody in the stands, kind of like um, a for you know how they talk about foreign substance or whatever. If you're using a foreign entity, uh, I do kind of have a problem with that. To me, that's cheating. I think it's, it's now funny you brought that up because pretty much every every pitcher uses some yeah, at least do. a small amount of foreign entity. But go on. Yeah. Well, a bad example, maybe. But if you're using uh, some kind of technology or even dumb technology to do that, to me, that's out of bounds. That's cheating. However, if you get a guy on second base or, you know, and they're relaying the sign, hey, more power to you. I think that's fair game. If you are a hitter and you want to take a little peek back at the catcher or listen for how they're, you know, the little bit of gamesmanship, that's part and parcel of the game. I I think that's totally in bounds. And that's a risk reward situation too, because if you're looking back, you're not totally focused on that, on that pitch coming in. And if you're, you know, if you're running at second, you know, they'll run through six, seven, eight, nine signs. You have to figure out which, you know, is the hot sign and be able to find a, a way to relay, relay that. And while you're doing that, you're probably not, 100% focused on your base running. So it's kind of a give and take situation. Yeah, I agree. Cost benefit. Yeah. But, you know, if they, I could imagine some really nefarious underhanded scenario where they they're training the camera out there and they have a special signal out near the batter's box where they have lights or something where nobody wouldn't really, nobody would notice it immediately. But if you're a hitter and know where to look, I, there'd be ways to do it. Uh, I don't think anybody has been caught with that depth, but I think there's some. There's always been some suspicions. First team that'll probably get caught, Patriots. Yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get to the young, the youngins in the starting rotation. They are absolutely rolling between the three: uh, Fulmer, Norris, and Boyd. Six straight quality starts. Um, Fulmer has 11 strikeouts in his last 12 innings. Uh, Norris, you know how much I heart him. And Boyd, uh, two outings ago, as you were alluding to, he gave up one hit over six. And then in the last game, he gave up one earned uh, over six. Nine Ks in his last 12. Who are you most excited about at the moment of the three? I think just consistency wise right now, it needs to be Norris. Um, he's got the streak going second 
is is he first and Verlander second or vice versa? Or he, well, now it's yeah. He I think he was first all along, which was kind of like okay, the yeah. oh my gosh, it's not Verlander, right? But he had a, a streak of consist of consecutive starts with three or fewer runs, right? Yep. And I forget the number. It was in the teens, maybe. I think it was low twenties, like twenty two, twenty three. I mean, it's, oh, it's still active, that's, but yeah, that, I mean that's really impressive consistency. So I would say Norris. Yeah, and obviously you know I, I love Norris, but I think right now Boyd is the one that has me most excited. That changeup, yeah. it is everything. Like he, uh, I was listening to to a lot of the start on the radio on Sunday when I was I was doing my run, and they talked about. I mean, he just has become so much of as I don't know if you can believe this, but Jim said that it, he's more of a full arsenal type of pitcher. Um, yeah, but he he really is there. I mean, when you have four things to put in a hitter's mind and they can't, you know ignore any of them it's just such an advantage um and i was looking at their their walk numbers because in my mind i always think they've been attacking the hitters and that i don't think the the walk numbers necessarily reflected because they've both they've all three been been walking a decent amount but they're all three getting ahead of hitters right now they're attacking them with fastballs and said this is our stuff like come and get it and that's not really a common thing amongst especially young pitchers in baseball right now Right. Three, these three young guys, if you had to imagine on paper an ideal starting rotation, what, what could you imagine for your baseball team? You would want, um, three young guys who have promise and are figuring it out. And you'd want two wily veterans with good stuff yet who are making the big money to show some leadership and give you that one, two punch in a playoff series. Now are is Verlander that person for sure is Zimmerman that eh, we would have hoped what remains to be seen. Uh, we'll get them in some warmer weather and see mm-hmm. what happens. But, you know, if you're a Tigers fan, that's kind of how you draw it up. And these three guys um, are letting fans hope on the future where the demise is not so scary as you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know like, if I said that right. But no, definitely. I feel like you, you've kind they've kind of given us this floor, like at very worst, we're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. You know what I mean? Like we can slash all the money we want and have a terrible lineup. But if you have three starting pitchers in your lineup that are that good, you're still going to be OK. Um, and yeah. another topic that came out of this was how good was the 2015 trade deadline? Oh, did we pull out of that? I don't remember Some the immediate help. reaction. I know it wasn't that long ago, but what was the what was the immediate reaction? Were those trades uh, immediately accepted as franchise changing? Well, when you get rid of proven names, you think of the names that you're getting rid of first, and you understand. Okay, yeah, we needed to we needed to be sellers. And everybody kind of agreed, yeah, it was good to be sellers. But nobody understood what we got, really. I mean, did you understand? Nobody understood how good Michael Fulmer would be. No, I was I was bummed that we didn't get Zach Wheeler, which obviously Wheeler's made, what, three starts since the trade? 
Okay. Nor- Norris, I, I mean, I know this is going to shock you, but Norris, from the second they announced the trade, I was ecstatic about. Because, you know, I'd read the scouting reports. I saw him pitch for Toronto in in spring training at Joker Marchin. I had uh, zeroed in on this is this is a guy that I yeah. like. And um, you love the bohemian lifestyle. Who doesn't? And and Boyd, quite frankly, I had never heard of. I mean, I, I fancy myself yeah. quite, a, quite a prospect guy, and I had never heard of him. So, but... Kudos. Thanks, Dave. I don't I don't think anybody was chapped, but I don't think anybody was was excited as they maybe had reason to be. Yeah. Um, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But like, I do want to take a second and everyone listening at home, like appreciate this. This is not something that comes around very often. And lots of stuff is going to go good this season and lots of stuff is going to go bad. But this is something that's really cool. That that's kind of a, a tiger's thing. So let's enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I was listening, like I said, I was listening to the the radio on, on Sunday, the Indians, the Matt Boyd start. Uh, Jim Price told a story about Jose Iglesias. Can I more or less repeat it to you? Because I think it's, Please. Worth, I think it's worth all of our time. Please um, do. So apparently when Kinsler first got to Detroit, Iggy was giving him all of these double play feeds from, you know, all angles, behind the back, shoe, shoe tops. Um, and Kinsler never knew where the ball was coming from, and it always had him off balance. So apparently after the year, uh, Kinsler sat down with him and said they, they need to tighten things up. And of course, by that, he means he needs to know exactly where the ball is going to be. Um, and, you know, obviously they've buckled down and are quite the combo now. But Ian was telling, I think it was the guys. I don't think it was just Jim. But um, Ian said that in warmups now, they'll take the, their normal reps, you know, turning the double play. And Iggy's really focused on getting that ball right where <laughs> Ian needs it. And then at the end, he gives Iggy three extra grounders that he can feed it to him from wherever he wants. Shoe tops, <laughs> behind the back, whatever. He gets he gets his three to, to get all of the fun out of his system. And, and Kinsler said that he gets to do it too, but you very strongly got the vibe that it was uh, it was to keep Iggy happy. And that made in turn made me happy. Yeah, he needs that. He's he's uh, he's like a kid out there to use the use the cliche, but he makes some of the craziest plays, not not just in the infield fielding ground balls, but how he sprints to the outfield and catches it just like backwards right against his shoulder or flipping his glove backwards. I think he's as impressive or more impressive going back and getting balls that other guys couldn't get. I'm curious. Is there any sort of like, I I probably sound sabermetrically stupid, but is there any sort of uh, metric that measures how well infielders go out to the outfield? Uh, Infield (laughs) ball catching fielding percentage i have no it's, idea that sounds pretty pretty uh accurate i you i could come up with some bs i bet he would rate rate pretty high to near the top of the league on that um, and he can catch it just as good backwards as forwards that's the craziest part because he's he, yeah just like he flips from his shoe tops he just catches it you know in front of his nose backwards or something stupid <laughs> Um, he's been he's been hit a little bit too. He went eight for twenty last week. I pulled up his stats. Four extra wow. base hits. I think it was four consecutive games too. I, I could be wrong <laughs> on that one. Um, another guy. Everybody. I I feel like conventional wisdom has kind of turned on him a little bit with the ascendance of uh, Dixon. Uh, everybody's like, oh yeah, Dixon can do exactly what he does. Yeah. Those people might not be wrong, 
but Iggy is is more experienced and a much more safe bet. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. I was probably a little bit too harsh on him over the course of the spring, which would be the first time I've been too harsh on pretty much any player in the two years right. of the show. Right. Well, and the conventional wisdom is, is is still right because I think they've shopped him. Not they not shopped him is not the right word, but his trade return I don't think it was as high as one might think. Yeah. Um, another guy who's rolling now, uh, Miguel Cabrera. Might have heard of him. Uh, obviously, he has the, the the back issue at this point. But uh, seven for 24 this past week, two homers, double, six ribs. Um, he was good last year. And by good, I mean like 320 and 40 homers good. Why do people always doubt i feel like he's a he's kind of a slow starter why do people doubt him uh, yeah I, I don't know you know I, I guess he is getting older and he looks different every year he's just a little bit more wear and tear and they say oh you know maybe this is it you know he's turned the corner well it's not like even for older players it's not a plunge it's a it's kind of a bell curve. He's going to be good as long as he's healthy. He's going to be good. He's not going to have a precipitous drop off. He's just going to, you know, taper off as he get older. And he's not super old yet. He's fine. He's the best hitter of a I shouldn't say a best hitter of a generation. He is a top five hitter in the last decade. Yeah, I would say he's the best non-speed uh like the best hitter in baseball in the last decade that speed is not a factor in their game sure (laughs) all right all right is he is he or is he not the best hitter in this generalized decade i would say he for sure is i think i I think i think his hit tool just as far as of the tool of hitting is better than anyone i've seen i mean what i'm 20 20 Right. Eight. No, I don't have roll. However old I am, I haven't seen anyone better. Um, but obviously, I've seen him play more than just about anyone else. Trout, Trout's maybe a better ball player, but I think Cabrera is still a little bit better hitter. I mean, you get guys like what Donaldson is better for maybe a year or some other guys, but over the course of ten years, it's still probably Cabrera. Um, so let's move on to the stickiest of the situations that I have marked out in our, our outline tonight. And that is the Joe Jimenez situation. I know <laughs> this is going to come as a surprise, but this is a big story among the fan base, uh, this weekend, um, at Ryan, oh, excuse me, at underscore Ryan Krause asked us, do you like Jimenez being sent down? And I think the, um, I think the implications around this is, are were you okay with how it was handled? And is this some sort of service time consideration? All right. So I was a little surly as most fans were when they decided to, um, remove Jimenez after he had a good performance, but people, a person I know and trust has kind of talked me off the ledge and said, all right, this isn't a service time thing. This isn't, uh, this is just, we, they needed another arm for the road, for the trip. They needed somebody who could throw some innings just in case. And Jimenez was still the low man on the totem pole, right? Uh, Sanchez, they weren't going to kick him to the curb 
it was too early for that. Um, and, and if not him, who are you going to remove from the team to add this arm? Kyle Ryan. Yeah, Ryan would have been the next next man up. Yeah, probably not. You know, so it was him and as pitched. OK, he's still carrying the pink backpack. He's some kid yet. Uh, he's might be this prospect fireballer, but he's still the low man on the totem pole. You send him down and I, I still didn't like it. I wanted him to stay up. I think you could have got through that series with him and as there, but it was precautionary get another fresh arm and so i was a little less bitter about it after yeah i would have liked them to have kept him up for this for the cleveland series i feel like that's one situation where you want all your your the best bullets in your bullpen but after that i actually don't necessarily have too big of a problem sending him down right now we have we have five guys that have serious roles you got you know k-rod the two wilson boys shane green and then kyle ryan as the second lefty you obviously have Annabal, who, you know, we all know the situation. What do you do? Right. Guy, yeah. Guy number seven right now, they're, he's not getting innings. The pitcher, the starting pitchers are going far enough into the game that the the seventh guy just isn't isn't getting on the mound. And you can't have Joe pitching once a week at this point. Like, you know, as a bullpen right. arm, he's going to get limited side work. You, you know. And I, I know being around the big league culture helps him acclimate and all that stuff, but it's not going to help him make better pitches. Like, clearly, this is a guy that's going to help us later in the year. But if he's sitting around, you know, throwing five innings over the course of the first, you know, two months of the season, which obviously is a, is a under exaggeration, whatever, whatever that phrase would be. Um, I don't even I don't even or Oh, he's not, he's not going to uh, improve to a level where he can help us later. Um, you know, if Shane Green or some or or one of the Wilson boys go down and there are um, more serious innings to be had, I could very easily see him coming up and sticking. But until there's kind of a role carved out for him, I don't see the point. I'd much rather see him pitching every other day down in Toledo and learning. But that's just right. Me. It- and the nature and the reality of the baseball business is your seventh reliever gets shuttled back and forth to your triple a franchise. You get fresh arms, you tax arms, you swap them out. And for all his prestige and esteem, Jimenez is still the guy to do that. He'll be back, but that's where it's at. This mother's day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, you ready to get to your power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we actually touched on this earlier in the show. You had some kind of premonition. Oh. Um, and I, I have for you today... 
kitchen appliances. Oh, okay. That's. A, that's I don't a, know if you're faking a segment, but you sound excited, so that's good. Oh, I, I'm very, right. very excited. Yeah, I like kitchen appliances. Top seven, bottom three. Starting with number seven, the dishwasher. Evidently, you ha- don't experience the joy of I, the dishwasher at the Hall household. Be, it's it's low on the list because you don't need it. Get yourself a washcloth and some dish soap and wash the dishes. Okay, you can do this. Humans have been washing dishes for years. You don't need a dishwasher. But it's kind of helpful. You throw them in there. You, you have clean dishes. As someone who operates without one, I will say I would – Enjoy having one or one one that worked uh, well. Yeah, it's a top seven appliance for sure. All right. Number six, kind of a surprise here, an electric griddle. Oh. I love using the electric griddle, especially for breakfast. You make your pancakes, your eggs, your sausage, bacon. You can do all kinds of breakfast foods, especially in the electric griddle. You, you put that sucker on your counter, get a nice big work surface where you're Griddling up your foods. It's Saturday morning is the electric griddle time. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a good appliance. Mm-hmm. Number five is an underrated, you know, take it for granted appliance. And that is a toaster. Toaster, you get a bagel, some bread, boom, toast. It's such a simple thing. But imagine if you didn't have a toaster. What are you going to do? You're going to fire up a pan to, like, make your bread hot? That's dumb. Toasters are so easy. You throw your uh, Pop-Tarts in the toaster? Yeah. I If I'm personally eating a Pop-Tart, I'm, get them, I'm giving them the lightest of toasts. That's too much work All for right. me. I eat them wrong. If I'm, making a, if I'm making it for my kid, no, I'm ripping the foil open, slapping them on a, on a plate. Maybe <laughs> if they're lucky and here, child, eat this processed food. It's a Pop-Tart. Toasters are good. All right. Numbers, uh, number four is a a stove uh so you you know you can bake things you you throw your pan on there and you can do any number of things it's a good appliance i have to tell you though if you own an electric stove especially one of those ceramic top ones i feel bad for you son (laughs) i do electric ranges are poo you need the gas instant flame boom gas easier to clean Gas is so much better. Whatever you have to do, rip a hole in your house, get rid of the electric, and put a gas stove. You need that. Is that how it works? You just rip a hole anywhere? Yeah. You you could probably patch it later. Just get a gas, natural (laughs) gas. It's good for you. Uh, Number three is a coffee pot. Now, it could be a Keurig or some other coffee pot. I need coffee in the morning. Coffee is a delicious beverage. Everybody agrees coffee's great. Look at Starbucks. They sell a trillion cups of coffee. Don't waste your money. Just get a Keurig. Make your coffee at home. You know, do it how you want to. It's a good appliance. So you're you're a Keurig fan? Yeah, I do the Keurig thing. See, I don't like that because you, when you buy the boxes, you get like a million of the same flavor. I'd rather get a bag, go through the bag, and now I'm onto a different flavor. You know what I mean? You can get like sampler bags or, you know, mix it up. Get a whole variety. I suppose that's probably true. Plus, I'm I'm too poor for that, so I just have a, a standard coffee maker. The regular of the twenty dollar like variety. Yeah. Um. Oh, plug for YouTube channel, the engineering guy. No. Yeah, I think that is. 
Um, he like does breakdown videos of mechanical processes. I love that stuff. Oh, and I, I'm big in TV shows lately. I'm marathoning Naked and Afraid and <laughs> the, the the YouTube engineer guy. It's good luck. Ca- carried <laughs> over from the plane. Yeah, that's right. Um, where are we? Oh, number two is a microwave. Microwaves are a magical box that gives you hot food. How did people exist before a microwave? We live in a magical, wonderful society of technology. Do you understand, like, when your grandparents wanted food, they had to, you know, they had had to make fire. They had (laughs) to make fire in their house. Do you believe this? Microwaves are magical. So, you know, people wouldn't understand even three or four generations ago. See, I, microwaves are awesome. See, call me crazy, but I'm a little bit of a, a microwave truther. I, I worry what it does to me. I'm, I'm leery of microwaves. Come on, Hall. Are you serious? Yes, I'm absolutely serious. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you, not, I'm not much in the cooking. Do game, you have one? Do yeah. you use one? We, ha- we have one, and we use it sparingly. But, yeah, I'm, I'm worried do about you, what, it, what it does to you. Do you back away from it when it's cooking something? Oh, for sure. I'm going to get as far away. Maybe, maybe even the next room. So would you like get some foil, like and maybe maybe shape some kind of hat to protect yourself? I'm not a lunatic. People think this. I'm not the only one. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are worried about microwaves, uh, but no, they're they're wonderful. Plus, I, right? I believe any conspiracy theory. So they you do. They shoot science into food and make it hot. It's great. Oh, <laughs> all right. Number one, you want to guess? Got to be a refrigerator. Of course, it's the refrigerator. Refrigerator. We in a modern society have refrigeration. It's changed the world. It keeps your food longer. It makes your beer cold and delicious. It's great. It's a refrigerator. You throw your stuff in there, and it doesn't go bad overnight. It's a refrigerator. Everybody, if if you're like moving into a place for the first time, or you have a uh, you're looking for uh, a hotel room that has what? A refrigerator. You can throw your leftovers in there. This is the first thing you need is a refrigerator. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. Uh, bottom three. Number third from the bottom, blender. Ugh. I always get, you know, you need a blender. You get one for your uh, wedding gift or something. You never use the stupid thing. Every once in a while, you're getting a smoothie kick or want to make a milkshake. And you're like, oh, I got to have a blender. And then you throw it back in the drawer and you don't use and it again. impossible for... to clean. Oh, you're taking it apart? Yeah. Like, it's on. a freaking, you know, M15. You got to you know, take all these pieces apart. It's dumb. And I can try my best not to get injured, but every time I pull out, like, the little blade, it's going to cut me somewhere. It's yeah. inevitably going to gonna make me bleed my own blood. That's, they're awful. Don't, don't, don't use a blender. Um, number two is a toaster oven. The name of it gives away the stupidity of it. A toaster oven. You have the two things. You have a toaster. You have an oven. You don't need a toaster oven. But what if you don't have one of the two options? Then is it okay? I suppose, I guess. I don't know. It might be easier just to get the original two, however. Yeah. You can use each of those for other, you know, useful things. Yeah. All right. Uh, number one, worst, you want to guess? It's got to be the George Foreman grill. You know, that is a bad appliance, but it's not the worst. 
Okay, go the on. The worst appliance is a food processor. A food processor. Buy a knife. Just <laughs> cut stuff up with a knife. You don't need to process your food. What you're what you're gonna make pesto? Just just buy a can of it at the store. You don't need, you know, Alton Brown is never big on the unitasker if you have watched Good Eats or watch his show. And to me, the food presser is food processor is a big unit asker uh you know pesto or salsa i guess but you're making that maybe once a year it seems just like a big waste that's the that's the worst one and i have now concluded power rankings hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. Uh, so I kind of have an odd one this week for what I saw on the side of the road while running. Are you, are you ready for this? You might might want to buckle buckle the proverbial seatbelt. I have braced myself, yes. Um, so in one of the neighborhoods kind of along my running route, there's a speed bump. And I think there's some sort of like structural. How fast are you going? Well, it's, wow. it, it's not for me. It's actually for the cars, the motorized vehicles. I know that's going to come as a surprise. I mean, I only run like 22, 23 miles per hour, so – um, so anyway, under the speed bump, I think there's some sort of like structural integrity issues, like on the sides, it's always crumbling. I always like sprint by it to make sure that I'm not the one that's on it when it, it finally goes. But anyway, on either side of the speed bump, there's these kind, you know, like the, the markers that you put on your driveway and then on your yard. So that the snowplow knows yeah. like where the edge is. There's yeah. like one of those on either side, but they're a little more substantial. It almost looks like a piece of siding. Um, so it's, it's kind of just kind of thicker. Uh, so anyway, on Friday, I'm doing like my a piece l- of car siding. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on from that. That is that's an open and, and closed book case. OK, OK. There's these posts or <laughs> markers. So on yep. Friday, I do my long run, 22 miles, getting ready for the marathon. Yeah, that is a, right. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's coming up. I'm getting Feeling nervous. strong. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a little strong, a little nervous. Um, okay. So anyway. On the post, there's this woman's boot, like, you know, the high knee, like hooker boots. Yeah. yeah. Upside down on the pole. So I'm like, wow, someone lost their full length boot, not both, just one. And then some kind passerby is like, hmm, I should put this on this post. And it could be like our neighborhood lost and found. There wasn't like a woman buried ups- upside down under the ground, and those were her two feet sticking up or anything, was it? That would have been awkward, but no, not this time. <laughs> so get this. I go back by that same pole on Sunday. The boot is gone. So either some fortunate you know, person was driving by and was like, that's where the boot went and picked it up, or some deviant weirdo is just like, I'll take that boot. <laughs> Those are now, the two options. There's no other options. Clarify for me. This is one boot or there was a pair of boots? No, just uh, one boot. Oh, a singular boot. Singular okay. boot. It's odd. Maybe somebody's just like cleaning it up and just grabbed it and pitched it to keep their neighborhood tidy. I suppose there is a third option. Hadn't considered that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was only the forgetful person who had lost it or or, or some sort of deviant. But I suppose it you could be You assume the neighborhood creep, foot fetish creepers out there going picking up random boots. It's not my neighborhood. My neighbor you, – you know how I feel about my neighborhood. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. They're all, all right. deviants in here. Okay, oh let's get into some Twitter questions. We we actually have a little bit of time today. Mm. 
let's do a few because we got a preview this coming week. Um, at Eric D. Freeman, we're eight and four to start the season, but all I see on social media is cynical talk. What criticisms are you tired of hearing from other fans? Um, I'm tired about hearing the bull about the bad bullpen, but unfortunately, the bad bullpen is kind of real and a legitimate concern. Um, we've got we won some squeakers. I mean, our Pythagorean is uh, is projecting us for much fewer losses. I would guess I didn't actually look, but do we even have more runs scored than given up? I'm going to assume that we do. It's got to be about even though. Like we got some. We had two blowouts and two squeakers, or a bunch of squeakers. So um, we got to get the we got to get the run differential up. We got to you know it, our record is good, but we haven't dominated yeah that's the bullpen is the one that immediately came to my mind too because if you take i mean you can't do this because that's not how baseball works but if you took out the the runs that rondon cuevas who are now gone they're they're no longer with the tigers and then Annie ball from the the bullpen era i highly doubt it looks all that diff all that bad k-rod he is what he is. But the two Wilson boys, Shane Green, uh, when Blaine was up, Kyle Ryan, they've all posted pretty solid numbers. I think the um, the core of the bullpen is good. It's just some of these outlying guys that are not at the level um, that we, we need them to be. And like we yeah. talked about before, you don't need no, – no, no bullpen in baseball has seven guys that are, you know, Wade Davis. We have – Five right. guys that are pretty decent, and then two guys that are gonna give us trouble. Um, we just hope to use them, use them less. Right. But the thing that I've kind of come to peace with, as as somebody who's uh, a keen observer of Tiger Twitter, people are gonna fan do the fan thing however they want. Like, if you want to be pessimistic from game one through game one sixty two, that's cool. Like you you can yeah. do that if you. And there are guys that are. And if you want to be you know over the moon every time Daniel Norris starts. That's cool too. Like you, you can do that, yeah. and anything in between is is fine. You just do you. Um, however, yeah. you draw enjoyment, eh, so be it. I mean, yeah, I, I do. T if you just want to be a hater and just kind of crab on the team, that is completely your right. Uh, don't bring it into my house. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to follow me... you if you do that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. At Adam or just Adam Langworthy asks us: Does Miggy's back uh, hurt from carrying our lineup for the past few years? Thought that was pretty funny. Um, let's see. Anthony Troy asks us about the bullpen. I, I, I imagine it's more physical. <laughs> uh, Robert but, yeah. Robert Baker asks us: um, How much does having Toledo so close to Detroit help with decisions to call up slash option players, especially bullpen arms? I kind of thought that was an interesting one. Yeah, it's handy, it, it, especially the time that we spend. Uh, it's important that it's in the Midwest yes. um, because we're constantly Chicago, Minnesota, Cleveland. You know, if you're you're shipping a guy to Cleveland, you're not that far, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But teams all around the country do this. It's it's nothing special. I, I think it adds to a convenience factor, but I don't think it would change the decision making much. I agree with that. Um, at Cam underscore Gerard asks us, should we roll with Avila at first this series to try and keep Miggy off the turf at Tropicana? Uh, I don't know if it has to be Avila, but I could envision a situation where you give Cabrera one day off, you give him a day at DH and give Victor a day off, um, and then you play him at first once. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. 
I could I could see that. I think that would be wise. It's 162 games, like and not yes. not to dog Tampa, but we we should be able to take care of Tampa um, at least to a, to a decent degree without him being a major part. Yeah. Uh, if he needs the day off, if he needs the whole day off tomorrow, give him the day off. Absolutely. Um, and also, he says that it's his birthday today, so very happy birthday, Cam. Cake with ice cream or ice cream cake? I figure you for sure have strong feelings on this one. Both, uh, I, I have no strong. But both are appropriate. You were, you were wrong. Really? And both are delicious. Yeah, I mean. No, I, <laughs> ice cream cake all day. Life, yeah. Life's yeah. pinnacle is ice cream cake. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, specifically cookies and cream. All right. Uh, I'm buying. I'm buying what you're selling. Um, let's see. Uh, two more at not chief Wiggum. Uh, after 12 games, only JV has made it through the seventh inning with bullpen issues. Should this be a concern, or is it too early to panic? It's too early to panic. We're 12 games in. And we'll I, get some longer start. And we're being we're being careful. We're getting to 100 pitches. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I Except, don't think that any of the that not not all of them could have kept going. But I think if if this is August, several of these outings would have been stretched in inning. And truly, if you get six good innings out of your starting pitcher, job done. Yeah. I mean, that is that's something to celebrate. Maybe not celebrate. That's probably too much. But right. But uh, I think you're right. In August, so Boyd was at exactly a hundred pitches when he got that big strikeout on Sunday. I believe it was. Um, and he was done. But, yeah, if it's in August, maybe you run him back out there and try to get one more inning out of him. I don't know. Or even if the first two batters are left-handed, try and get through that or, right. or something like that. Yeah, something strategic. Yeah, I like that. All right, last one is from Hookslide. You're the Tigers manager, which I'll be clear, we are we are not. Um, oh. What situations are you comfortable using any ball Sanchez in how big of a lead slash deficit? Well, yeah, where the runs don't matter. You're down so much or up so much that whoever you're going to let him face three batters. Okay. That's three runs until he proves otherwise. I mean, that's just how it is right now. He, he's got to be actively working on something, some tweaks or something that he's got to be able to run out there. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty bad, isn't it with him? It it's is pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. The runs, the runs don't matter. It's kind of like, he's kind of like the, the who's line of, is it anyway of, of yeah. Tigers, Tigers pitchers. Okay, Ugh. let's get into the upcoming matchups. Uh, we are in Tampa for three, and then the weekend series, we are in Minnesota for three. Uh, M- Michael Fulmer against Matt Andres, who is 2-0. Uh, Wednesday, Zimmerman against Chris Archer, who is also 2-0. And hmm. then Norris will go on Thursday. It's a day game against, I have two question marks, because Jake Odorizzi hit the DL, and that was his his spot. Um, I... I feel like we've gone over this in spring training. I really love Chris Archer. I feel like he uh, thinks about the game and articulates the game in a way that, that many young players don't. Um, <laughs> so I, I enjoy watching him pitch. It'll be good to see that. Um, anyone, Chris that, Archer, he's he's the one that looks like he's about 12 years old, kind of has the big hair, yeah, right? Am I yeah. thinking about the right guy? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend, he looks Ver- young. Verlander looks to get back on, on winning ways against Hector Santiago. Um, Boyd against Kyle Gibson on Saturday, and then Fulmer against Cy Phil Hughes, who is two and zero already um, on Sunday. Another another shot at those three same starters. Uh, we we enjoyed some success last time. Yeah, you should feel strong this week um, with with what we have going. Uh, no reason to be. Um, the bullpen woes. 
it can't continue to be this bad. It's got to get better. We've only said that for the last 10 years, but it's true. Yeah, pretty much my entire lifetime. Any any hitter you're excited to see play? Not exactly a dynamic week for that. Uh, Longoria? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Steven Souza Jr.? Who? Steven, Steven who? Who's Steve, a junior? Steven Sue's a junior. He was the the guy that made the big catch in, I think it was one of Max's no-hitters or something like that for the Nationals. Oh. I could also be incorrect about that. So, um, Okay, record prediction. Then we're out. Four and two. Four and two. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I went five and one last week, um, and we and end up four and two. I'm going to be optimistic again. I think we go five and one. Um, I see maybe Zimmerman dropping the one to Chris Archer, but I like our chances in, in all the other matchups. Yeah. Good. Finger guns. Do, okay. we, do we ever check back? Oh, we, you, we, you just checked back for last week. So. Yes. I also, I don't have what you said last week, so I, I don't know who was more correct. I nailed it right on. Did you? Go with that. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't check, but I'm, we'll go with that. I'm sure they are. They'll all just. And just download real quick and, and check. There always in. be right. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can uh, podcastianos.com. On Twitter, I am at jordanhall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at podcastianos. Um, and once again, we take it. We'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. If you've made it to this this point in the show we're almost an hour in we appreciate it uh you can spend two more minutes to text one of your your tigers loving buddies and say you know what you should listen to this podcast too maybe they should maybe they shouldn't but let them figure that out for themselves yes Yes. that'd be great thank you uh do you have anything else to say to the people before we head out for another week uh enjoy life enjoy spring go for a walk you know I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but the sun only shines so much, people. Get outside, play some disc golf. It'd be great. Yeah, that that would be good. Um, with that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 